Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And the next time we come on the air after this time, there will be a new president, or at least the election will be mostly completed. I mean, I think that you're being super optimistic, but yes, something will have transpired. We will have more information than we have right now. You know, I don't think that I'm being super optimistic in saying that for about nine months, Biden has held the largest lead of any presidential contender since Ronald Reagan landslided Walter Mondale. The number has been extraordinarily consistent across many major uh, stable, respected polls. We are just days away from the polls. And still, the number remains Biden 53, Trump 42, which aligns with one of the larger truisms of electoral presidential politics that the, the incumbent president gets their approval rating at the ballot box. Trump's approval rating has been 42 for years. It is extremely stable. It has not really gone up or down very much the whole time. And Trump seems to be in line with getting 42%. Biden was getting 43%. We're seeing in the last few days, two major organizations saying that Texas is now a toss up and Biden leads double digits in Wisconsin, almost double digits in Michigan. We are headed for a shellacking. Okay, so let me just start by saying before I push back that I appreciate your optimism. I appreciate you bringing us through a historic reminder of shellackings of past. But I think that what we're failing to understand, and this is why I don't want people to get attached to these numbers that really don't mean anything, is that we are dealing with the most criminal enterprise we have ever faced as a nation. So do not put it past them to do the absolute fucking most and make those numbers obsolete. Joe Biden has a blowout. It's going to be like, we've never had that many people vote in this election. Something must be wrong. Like, if it is too close, no, it's absolutely rigged. We've Something has been wrong. It needs to be kicked to the courts. I'm just saying, I just want folks to be aware of the fact that if it was normal and we were dealing with a, a party that believed in the Constitution, that actually believed in the rule of law, then I would say, okay, yes, by the time that we air next week, we will know definitively who the president is and we will be moving forward with our inauguration plans and we could trust the polls and all of these things. Do not underestimate these people. They are the absolute worst and will do the most. The attempt to steal the election is clear. And 
the Republican Party's silence slash glee at the attempt to steal the election while they are stealing a Supreme Court seat just shows how craven, how power mad, how just off of traditional Democratic, small d Democratic norms and traditions that they are, that they do not care about the way that we have done things for hundreds of years. I, I, I get all that. I also think that trying to put teeth on some idea that the election was rigged and some court should save Trump becomes a bit ridiculous when the you know a, a lawyer has to actually go into court and try to make a coherent argument absent of evidence that you know a, a, of a conspiracy that does not live for a, a millisecond outside of a republican wet dream fever dream fever swamp whatever you want to call it um i think that you can cheat in a close election it's hard to cheat in a landslide. And I don't think that seeing Biden succeeding all over the place and Trump struggling all over the place, what I really need to see is a Democratic Party that emerges from this stronger and tougher and more. I don't want to play the game that Republicans have played. I don't want to become the Republicans in blue, but I want us to be willing to right some of the wrongs that we have seen happen in these last few months, in these last few weeks, in these last few years, to make substantive changes to the Supreme Court and to the structure of the United States, I'm looking at you, D.C. and Puerto Rico, such that the Senate, the Electoral College, and the Supreme Court are changed in ways that represent what the majority of Americans want and believe rather than what we currently have, which is a majority that is not only tyrannized by the minority, but a majority party in the Democratic Party that is getting consistently attacked by a Republican Party that's like, we don't care about the rules. I mean, like, you know, if we were playing chess and you were like, I'm just going to move every piece like the queen, good luck to you. I'm like, well, no, let's play actual chess. I'm going to move my pawns one step forward. And you're like, yeah, well, I just captured all your pawns. Like, well, this is, you know, we're not playing the same game. And I want to see us play the game with more spine just so that we can get to a sense of justice. The reality is, is that in order for us to play the game with spine, we're actually going to have to play the game that Republicans are playing. And I don't understand this desire to like want to be like think that we are somehow morally superior. If you believe in justice, we if you are believe, morally but no, superior. if you believe in justice and equity, then you're going to need to do whatever it is necessary in order to make those things happen. Which means that if your opponent is in the fucking gutter, then you're going to have to go into the gutter and fucking beat them down and make sure that they stay there. This idea that we're just going to sit around and wait for everybody's better angels to appear is on some bullshit. Like I don't the think Republicans, we're waiting for. But, but I don't think we're waiting for their the, better angels. I don't want to see us suppressing Republican votes. But we would never, but that, but that's not, but that's not even a, that's not even a logical thing to say. We would never do that. The Democratic Party isn't about suppression. The Democratic Party is about expansion. It's about a party that believes in the ideology of abundance, that there is more than enough, that this country offers more than enough for everybody. But the idea that we just, we, we concede all of these things to the Republican Party. Like if, if, if I'm playing a game with you and you're saying, okay, this is chess and I'm saying, but I've captured everything and I'm anointing queens left and right just to take your pawns if you don't flip up the if you don't flip up the board and say you know what either we're playing by this set of rules or we're not playing right then we're we're always going to be at a stalemate and what i want democrats to do is flip the fucking board up otherwise you don't deserve power if you're not going to hold this administration accountable if you're not going to have the trump trials if we are to assume the white house and assume the senate if you're not going to do that you don't deserve power so i need them to not be republicans i need them to be better follow the rule of law but use every bit of power that they have in order to right the ship that they have that they have Literally sunk. Yes, I need more strength that goes along with writing the ship. 
I don't want us to flip the board because I think part of what it means to be a Democrat is to believe that government can solve problems, right? That government can solve big problems, that government can be a force for good in this country. And I think in a lot of ways, the republic, the modern Republican ethos is that government is the problem. And so, of course, Republicans want us to flip the board because then that proves their thesis, right? And it throws government into chaos. And I don't even know what flipping the board means for Democrats. I know Republicans flip the board constantly, right? Their senatorial obstruction, what they've done in the Supreme Court, they are constantly flipping the board. I don't know what that even means from a Democratic side. But I do share what you're saying in that I want us to be, to think outside the box. It does, I hope that Joe Biden's uh, reticence about saying that he will expand, we don't use the word packing, that he will expand the Supreme Court, his reticence to say that is because he will do that rather than he will disappoint me and get in there and say, no, we're not going to do that. I don't need us to take the high road. I need us to do things that will change the structure of government so that we get actual justice. And I don't think any of that, I don't think expanding the Supreme Court, you know, making Puerto Rico and D.C. states uh, which changes the Senate and the Electoral College. I don't think these are flipping the board. I think these are intelligent ways of reshaping the country that are constitutional, that are legal, that are reasonable, that are modern ideas that help the country move into a place where the majority of the country is represented. Because the majority of the country lives in cities, which puts Democrats at a disadvantage in the Senate. That natural disadvantage should be changed. But Torre, that is that is flipping the board. That is I don't think it's Demo- flipping yes, the board. it is, because it's Democrats deciding that they're going to actually do something that is different. It is deciding it's that we're not, we're, like, not we're not interested we're not interested in a in a collaborative nature with people that have shown us that they don't believe in the rule of law. What Democrats have always done is wait for some type of bullshit consensus. And what I'm saying is that I don't want your, I don't want consensus. If you have power, right? Like I want you to ram all of the things through that need to ensure that a Trump light, a Trump 2.0 never happens. That one man can't obstruct our entire democracy because he is the leader of the Senate. Like I need you to change. I don't know how you change that. I don't know how you change that because the Senate is constructed to be, you know, the, the saucer that cools everything, right? Like anyone senator can stop any bill. So you would have to create like a second house of representatives and leave the, the current Senate behind to create something where, you know, any Senator could not obstruct. And, you know, I mean, like, I mean, the, the, the structure of the institution is one thing, but the nature of the modern Republican party as a party of defense, as a party of obstruction, as a party where, uh, you know, attacking the other side and never allowing legisl- the, 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 the campaign season to end. Uh, you know, I mean, like the reason why Republicans are not passing a stimulus bill now is because they think that Trump is going to lose and a stimulus bill will help uh, the beginning of the Biden presidency, the first hundred days of the Biden presidency. So they're already thinking we would rather sabotage the coming Biden presidency than help the millions of people who are struggling with coronavirus. That's fairly disgusting. And I don't think that Democrats would do the same thing, that they would think about, let's screw millions of people so that we don't help the incoming president. I, you know, the notion that both parties do the same shit is I think is generally false. I think there are ways that they both, but that that the way that the Republicans are currently playing the game is fundamentally different than the way that the Democrats are playing the game. And this is part of what we're talking about, that Republicans are constantly flipping the board and doing things that are all about power and greed without even really a long-term legislative goal. They're still fighting Roe v. Wade, but there's nothing forward-looking that they're trying to get to. I think Democrats concentrated power. That's all they want. Yes, exactly. I think Democrats are thinking very much about how do we create 
a modern universal healthcare system, right? And you're seeing Democrats thinking about that at the executive, at the senatorial, and the congressional at the House level, right? There are other things that Democrats are thinking about trying to do. Republicans aren't even thinking of that. What is, what is your goal? What was the goal, the legislative goal of the Trump McConnell years in power? What was the point? What did they want? But, I have but no the, idea. But the, 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 our all, always our assumption is that like they, they want something other than power. These are craven human beings, right? Like they are political animals. They don't want anything other than concentrated power and to be able to line their pockets, to be able to steal from the American people unabated, right? To be anytime that you say, oh, wait a minute, you're doing something wrong. Well, we own the courts too. So who's go- who are you who are you looking to side with you? Right? They have set up a system that is so incredibly rigged for the 1%, for their betterment. The the idea that there are people that come into government because they want to, they all want to work on behalf of the people is a lie. There are people like the Mitch McConnells of the world, like the Matt Gateses of the world, like the Trumps that only want to come into office so that they can stomp the little guy, so that they can secure what they think is should be theirs. They don't want people to vote. Right. Because they don't think that the American people are smart enough to choose their elected officials, because if they did. Right. Then they wouldn't try so hard to steal your vote all the time. I think that Democrats need to one. They need to do a better job, which we say this at nauseam, a better job of showing the American people exactly who the Republican Party is, exactly that 30 million people are unemployed. Right. 20 million people right now are cradling their health care until November 10th when Amy Coney Barrett is going to vote. Right. To take it away from you. Right. That we have allowed the, the 330 million people that are in this country to be controlled literally by one man. One man has decided to tell you, and not even the president of the United States, yeah, Mitch there will be no stimulus package. There will be there will be no Supreme Court that I don't appoint. There will right. be no Clean Air Act. There will be no New Deal. There will be no nothing but, oh, for but you because the, because this, that's but, what I, because that's what I that's what pro- I have decided. But the problem that that stems from is a Republican Party that has gone off the deep end mm-hmm. that walks in lockstep toward whatever immoral, unethical thing that its leader uh, suggests. And it's not just on Trump. It's also on McConnell. He has led them in this direction. They never go against Trump. They never try to curtail him. They don't even think about guiding him in the in a, in a just direction. This show is part. From The New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. 
part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming, and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting. And they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. I'm sure I've said this before, but my God, if back in March or April, McConnell had gone to Trump and said, look, if we give every American citizen $2,000 a month, but until let's say December or even the middle of November, we will walk to reelection. Sale. Right. We're just I mean, like that was a license to pay for votes. And it is bananas to me that not one person in the Trump McConnell world said, hey, here's a way to get it done. And it's not like nobody was talking about universal basic income. Like people were talking about it as a general idea. Kamala Harris mentioned it in Congress. Uh, You know, I mean, people were talking about it. If they were really thoughtful, they could have said, we're going to take their idea. Give people money instead of giving it to corporations. Corporations are not the ones who are voting. But they're the, the ones that but they're the ones that are giving them their campaign money. They're the ones what? that are but that that's the thing is that I, I don't I, I think about this all the time. What are what are we at? Two hundred and twenty seven thousand Americans are dead from the coronavirus. If Donald Trump and all the people around him it, back in January where he got the intel that said this shit is airborne, it's worse than the flu. All of the things that he said on the Woodward tapes, if Donald mm-hmm. Trump, if somebody around him said, you know what, if we handle this better than Europe, if we handle this better than China, you have a cakewalk. We don't even have to. We don't even have to campaign. We have to do nothing because we will have saved all of these lives. And all anybody has to do is turn on their television set and see. Say, thank God, Donald Trump. He took care of America, and people would have forgotten about the misogyny, the xenophobia, the transphobia, the homophobia. They would have forgotten about the grab them by the pussy tape. All of those things. It would have been done. Police officer shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Incident after incident. Year after year. Say Their Name, a podcast that focuses on the assault and killing of unarmed black people by police and in Stand Your Ground states. I'm the mother, father, sister, uncle, grandmother. We were best friends. We are humanizing these headlines, figuring out who these victims really were before the hashtags. Say Their Name. You can listen on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Obama years to me seemed like one outside bombardment after another, right? He was bombarded with having to deal with the economy. And then he's bombarded with having to deal with Republican obstruction. And then he's bombarded with having to deal with uh, Syria and Russia, Ukraine, and, you know, uh, uh, the child migrants coming across the border. And it was just like one thing after another that was thrown at him. And throughout most of the Trump presidency, I was like, I can't believe that almost every single thing that he has to deal with is self-created. The world never seems to impose upon him. He is imposing problems for himself that he gets out of by creating a new problem and a new problem and a new problem. And Corona was the first time that a massive problem came from outside that he didn't really know how to deal with. And instead of dealing with it, because he presented himself as a deal maker, as uh, a guy who would cut through the bureaucracy, as a guy who knew how to get things done. If he had actually, I mean, you know, I don't know if we're like, you know, yet another media people who are saying if Trump had pivoted, but if he had actually done his job, Mm -hmm. 
for the bare a minimum of weeks. A couple of it, weeks. It would have been an entirely different situation right now. Um, but what we You're have right now is part of You're not even asking for him to have Trump's done the job for four years. You're like, public. if you would have done the job between January 2020 and now, uh, right? Well, even, Nine months. Even, you know, even March, even into early March, the way you would feel in mid-March was unthinkable. Like March 10th to like March 15th was like, oh, okay, something's happening. Okay, you know, and then March 15th, it was like, oh, my God, lock the door. Don't go outside ever. And, you know, I could see into like mid-March, it was like, this isn't going to get that bad. And then suddenly it was that bad. You know, and now part of his closing message, this blows my mind. Part of his closing message is that media talks about coronavirus too much. And the problem is media over-discussing coronavirus. And it's just he so said corona disgusting. corona it's everywhere yeah covid covid it is. covid it's so disgusting cuz you know it it's you know presidents have dealt with so many ideological things that have you know a, a tertiary impact on our lives most of the time the federal government's business does not have a direct and acute impact on your life right this is a time when the federal government had a direct acute impact on your life that you had to stay home that you had mm-hmm. to wear a mask that you couldn't mm-hmm. go to school and you couldn't take your kids to school. And a lot of people could not work because the federal government fucked up. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable that Mm-mm. even at this late stage that he's like, Oh, it's just the media talking. I mean, my God, he's to the end. Let the obituary, the political obituary of Trump read he never realized that it was about reaching beyond his base and talking to people who were not in his base. That's what you typically do. Talk to your base in the primary, win the primary, and then expand your tent in the general. And not once did he ever make a move to try to expand his tent beyond his base. No. He never did and he, you know, and the thing was is that he never had to and he never wanted to. Right. Like Donald Trump didn't want to align himself with the other. He didn't want to align himself with black people or brown people or women or gay people or anybody else. Like there was no there has never been a desire by the Republican Party to expand their base. They've wanted to narrow it so that they can. Right. Just concentrate the power. If they did, then I would thought about this the other day. They didn't even care enough to offer us a bullshit Republican platform for twenty right. for, for re-election. They didn't even care enough to say, well, these are well, the things that we stand for, and this is what we're doing, and this is how we're different than Democrats. They were like, ah, fuck it. We'll roll the same tape as we did well, last time. Well, you know, they did offer a bullshit plan because you saw Kaylee McEnany gave Leslie Stahl a gigantic book saying, this is our health care plan, and- you didn't think she was going to open it up and see there's no health care plan in this giant book. I mean, what an amazing symbol for the Trump administration that Kaylee gives her a book and says this is the health care plan. And it's actually not the health care plan. And it, it's like a it's like it's like a joke of like they were promising us a health care plan the entire time. And the election came and they still they still hadn't offered a health care plan. They still hadn't come up with the taxes. They still had not done infrastructure week. It's like, you know, this ongoing joke of like, oh, yeah, we're going to get that to you next week. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. And it never fucking came. That was Obama's best line at the Philadelphia speech that he gave, which that's like, he's like, the healthcare plan has been coming for two weeks for the past 10 years, right? (laughs) Like it's been coming. Like they are literally the kid in class that is like perpetually the dog has ate my homework, but you're just like, you don't even have a pet. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, what are you even, what are you even talking about? But this is what I'm talking about, that the Republic, the modern Republican Party only knows how to play defense. They only know how to say Obamacare is wrong and we're going to stop it. Okay, well, what are you going to do instead? Uh, We're going to stop Obamacare. So you have no idea of what you want. We want to put forward a plan and 
try to change America for the better. And what you want to do is stop us from in, in enacting our plan. But you don't have a plan, right? When we tried to get immigration done, uh, when Obama tried to get immigration done, they had no plan. They were like, we're just going to stop you. Their entire modus operandi in the modern era is stop Democrats from doing whatever they want to do. Look, somebody made this clear to me, and mm-hmm. I think this is really important to understanding the modern Republican Party, and not just the modern Republican Party, but the modern right wing, that a central ethos for them is owning the libs. Mm-hmm. Just doing things that piss us off, that make us seem like, I got you, I beat you, but there's not an actual governing philosophy there. Mm-hmm. There's no philosophical or legislative want. It's just whatever we can do to own the libs. And like, yes, the victory of Trump in 2016 owned the libs and that we were really upset. And what did he want to do? What did he try to do? Essentially, nothing. nothing. There's no big change that he even tried to do. And yet here we are. And I mean, like at least in 20, Trump 2016 had a thesis. We're going to stop immigration. We're going to clean up Washington. Um, we're going to restore the power of the white man. And that's what yes. build the wall, yes. lock her up, drain the swamp, and MAGA all adds up to. We're outsiders. We're going to clean up Washington. Mm-hmm. We're going to restore the power of the white man. Mm-hmm. Trump in 2016 had about five slogans that really penetrated, right? Generally, an election is lucky to have one, right? Mm-hmm. Hillary had Zero, Obama had one, Biden has zero, Trump 2016 had five, Trump 2020 has zero. He has come mm-hmm. up with no new slogans that are meaningful, that have cut through, that explain what are you all about now? And like MAGA and Keep America Great are absurd in the current climate. You know, it's interesting because it's, I, I, I don't even know, you're right, I don't know what Biden's slogan is. I know that it's like, it's I, I, in my head. It's just like restore decency, right? Like that. That's it. But that? I don't even. I don't even I mean, know if they. I mean, say, I think we're fighting for the soul of the nation. I remember that from the video, but I don't know. I don't know what the repetitive. To your point, I don't know what the repetitive messaging is. Like lock her up, make hope America great again. You know, hope and change. Uh, we yes, we can fire it up. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what that is, but I also at this stage. Right. I don't know if it matters. Right. Like, I don't know if it matters. Like the slogan is get rid of him. Right. right like, right, right, we, right, like right. we want Trump gone. Right. Um, but but, you know, the fact. But to me, again, with Trump and the lack of a slogan, the lack of a plan, the lack of a platform, all of these empty binders. Right. Just filled with blank yeah. paper just yeah. shows you how disres- like the level of disrespect towards the American people we are in some of the most like incredible crises, economic crises, climate change crises, racial justice crisis, like every single one. And they don't even care enough to pretend to have a plan written down on paper, like not even five bullet points. You just opened up that binder and it was just like, did you just get it? pre-made at Kinko's with the blank paper. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, you didn't even care enough to have a bunch of interns write a bunch of gibberish down and then put healthcare plan in bold. I mean, you know, a bad strategy is better than no strategy. And Trump's notion in this is, say Biden is corrupt, say elections are corrupt, say everybody's, the media's out to get me. None of that suggests what we should do going forward or why we should support you. And the reasons that brought people out of the woodwork to vote for Trump for the first time in terms of locker up, MAGA, build the wall, drain the swamp, there's none of that energy this time. There's none of those reasons, none of those thoughts. He cannot run as an outsider. He does not know how to tell you what he's going to do to change the country going forward. 
this is a rudderless campaign and <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 stark in that as much as we hate trump trump 2016 was one of the most effective presidential campaigns of all time right in the way that he communicated so? absolutely the way that he communicated with his people the way that he got his people out to vote the way that he uh excited them and energized them, it worked. And this one is one of the worst campaigns of all time in that it has no point, it has no substance, it has no direction. It's This is typical of Hollywood, where the first movie is very exciting to the point, surprising, and like, wow, that was amazing. And the sequel sucks, because they just tried to do the same thing again and get us to pay for the same movie again. And But this movie doesn't have the energy that the first movie had. Well, you're... Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Already paid, so fuck you. <laughs> and you know what's amazing is that Trump is nearly as Trump twenty twenty is nearly mm. broke, right? Going off the air in Florida, and I know the RNC is going to pick that up, but Trump twenty twenty should be able to control its own destiny in terms of where it's advertising. Biden is outspending him, I think, four or five to one in these final days. That is absurd. That should not happen to a president. A president should be able to raise one or two billion dollars and swap the airwaves, especially someone like him who needed it, especially someone who like him who needed it in an era of coronavirus where you really couldn't and shouldn't be doing lots and lots of rallies like he was doing last time. Um, and yet he didn't raise enough money. He didn't spend it well. He squandered it. His people squandered it. And here he is in the final days struggling to get up on the air while Biden is all over the place. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that Trump is truly effective so much as like, I just think that America is just inherently racist. Right. And like, I, I don't I but feel like if Trump, but I feel like if Trump were more effective. Right. Would we have seen so many people come in and out of this administration? Would we have seen like four or five different chiefs of staff? Everybody well, has an acting I, title. Like, wait a minute. I said that his campaign was extremely effective. His government has been a shit show. Right. I he still don't one, know. Perhaps like his, the worst governor of America ever. I don't right? think that but his campaign was Trump so amazing. Was very effective. No, I don't think that his campaign was so effective. I think that Donald Trump was lucky to run against the person that was the most um, divisive in America, which is Hillary Clinton. I Absolutely. think that I think that it was I think that it was more the fact that it was Hillary Clinton that he was running against, which 
even some Democrats didn't fucking like a lot of Democrats yeah. didn't like. And the fact that her campaign, it was just like this sure thing. We don't really need to put in the work to go to Wisconsin. We don't need to put in the work to go to Michigan. So I think it was more a combination of this perfect oh, storm God. that if not there was going if he couldn't Michigan have won Wisconsin against, you know, but he couldn't have won against Obama. And Obama, to me, it was one of the best campaigners, had the best campaign and is one of the best fundraisers and had the most hopeful message that you could ever have. He couldn't have run against somebody like that. He had to run against somebody that was flawed. And so I'm not going to give him the credit to say that he was like this mythical thinker. He just ran against a flawed person. No, I didn't say that he was a mythical thinker. I think his ability to communicate in 2016 to be able to read where the country was at. Could he have beaten Obama? Probably not. But was he able to read where the country was after Obama and to say, there's a lot of people who are upset that a black man was president and I can stoke that. I can make that mine. There are things that he accomplished in terms of being able to communicate with his folks, which he is completely not. He is a born-to-the-manor, $400 million gift from his dad, given all this stuff, Park Avenue, and yet he made it seem like, I'm one of you down here. I understand the working man. That was a fairly incredible feat of magic that he was able to pull. Ted Cruz, for all his debating skills and gifts, could not have pulled that off. Marco Rubio, the senator from Florida, could not pull that off. Jeb Bush, who watched two people in his family up close become president, couldn't figure out how to pull off, how do I communicate to the country that I should be the next guy? Trump, out of nowhere, figured out, here's how I communicate to constantly keep it on me, to constantly make people understand, this is what I'm about, this is what I'm gonna do. Evil. What he was about was evil, mm-hmm. but he was able to communicate to people, I'm the guy who will take care of you. He's playing to people's basis desires, right? Their most their most vulnerable fears as white people, their most uh, disgusting impulses, right? Where Obama played to people's highest impulses, where mm-hmm. Joe Biden is appealing to people's higher impulses. Don't you want character and morality and United States rather than division and hatred? Trump understood how to play to those low notes of Americans, but my God, he did it so well. It, it disgusted me, but I understood he is exciting people who have never been excited about voting before. And it's disgusting and it's gross, but I understand as a performance of campaigning in 2016, what he did was extraordinary. um, And he has not been able to muster any of that magic, any of that direction, any of that focus. All the things he did in 2016, he is not doing this time. That's a large part of why he's losing. Yes, He had the perfect candidate to run against, Mm -hmm. but he understood how to make that work in his favor. He's been searching in 2020 for how to, he's been trying to fight against Biden since the beginning, since 20, since early 2019, he's been fighting against Biden. How do I, how do I fight against Joe Biden? He knew Joe Biden's going to be the guy. And how do I fight against him? He's calling every leader in the world. How do I fight against Joe Biden? (laughs) And nobody to tell him anything. This Hunter Biden conspiracy was the best that he could come up with. Nobody gives a shit. Even the average Fox viewer does not give a shit. Alex Jones, Rush Limbaugh, Mark Levin people, they care. Glenn Beck people, they care. But that's not a single voter actually gives a shit. A real, a persuadable voter who helps him get beyond the 42% of bias of people in his base. No, not a single person outside the base gives a shit about Joe fucking about Hunter freaking Biden. No. And you know what? If you remember from the vice presidential debate too, one of the things that they kept bringing up, Pence kept bringing up is like, oh, and Joe Biden's 47, you know, year career, his four decades, as if that was to say, because he's been president, I mean, because he's been in, uh, in public service for four decades, that somehow what? We shouldn't trust him. 
We shouldn't believe that he's dedicated his life to the American people. We should, what, pretend that we haven't known Joe Biden for those four decades. And so you're trying to paint him as some type of left wing progressive. Like, it's Joe Biden. It's like, what are you talking about? It's an interesting thing that I think will play out in future elections, right? In that it's an it's a completely unfair challenge because you're a senator. No senator dominates the Senate and is like, I'm gonna rack up points. Like I'm gonna rack up a bunch of bills and be a star senator and everybody's gonna know I'm all about this and that. It's a collaborative body and right. nobody can really get anything done without bringing others in and saying Joe Biden has accomplished nothing in four or five decades in the Senate is kind of ridiculous because there's no senator who could say, I crushed the game in the Senate. But Obama running in his first term seemed strange at the time and will perhaps become more the norm as you go on because the less time you spend in the Senate, the less time the other side can say uh, you didn't accomplish anything and the less they can sort of demonize you for – compromising because the longer you go on in the Senate, the more you're going to be compromised, the more you're going to have to do things like the crime bill, which could have been used to hurt Joe more. Um, There are other things that Joe has done that could have been used to hurt him more, you know, but there, this notion of Joe, Joe's never accomplished anything. I mean, my God, Trump's never accomplished anything in his three plus years as president. What did he accomplish? We're dealing with the worst pandemic in the history of this country. And he's talking about what Joe didn't accomplish. You didn't stop the barbarians at the gate. You you failed to protect us. Are you sure? Because on their website now, they claim to have conquered the coronavirus. That's like the latest thing. It, it it, It is so insane, the reality that they have conjured around themselves that as we are literally at historic the numbers the, the third, third wave. wave it's getting worse and it's this is worse. going to be a terrible winter and it's worse that they literally put up we conquered the coronavirus this is their mission accomplished moment and i'm like I- i'm afraid you know, to think of what would have happened if you did absolutely like if you did nothing <laughs> like you this know, is what you, you think you're 15 you're you're they had a three page plan at the beginning for the two-week initiative strategy that they were taking around coronavirus, and now it's mission accomplished. When you uh, tell your followers, this is reality, don't listen to media, don't listen to anybody else, don't Google whether or not I'm telling you the truth, just listen to me. What does that sound like? That sounds to me like a cult leader. Right. And if this is – if Nexium is a cult – this is a cult, and it's quite frightening the way that people follow him without even – I mean, like, Google is your friend, people. When Trump says we're turning the corner, just Google it because he says it without evidence. Just Google it and see. But they don't. They don't. It's they don't. bizarre. It's bizarre. They don't. They don't Google it. Uh, there was a woman that was caught on video this week, not caught on video. She was being interviewed and she said, Obama should be thrown in jail for treason and sedition and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, what do you like? Can you give us an example? And she's like, he sold weapons to like <laughs> fast and the furious. And literally, the reporter was like, I think you're confusing Obama with Tyrese, the actor. <laughs> hey, but they all look alike. That's how stupid they are. But that's they how all... literally, that's how stupid these people. They they don't care. There's nothing that you can say to them or tell them that is going to have them, you know, say, "Well, maybe he's not telling the truth. Maybe I'll Google it." It's a cult. It's yeah. a cult. There, the the tie that he has on them to say. I'm going to tell you that up is down and you're not going to look and I'm not going to provide evidence. You're just going to buy what I'm saying without checking on it. It's bizarre. And it's, it's definitely frightening for the future of this country in that you have this large group of people who would believe so simply uh, one person's bullshit. But I, I I do not plan to really ever 
forgive the people who voted for Trump and who worked for Trump when fascism came, when a dictator came, when a cult leader came, you fell in line. And it only, but for those of us who saw through the bullshit, listened to media and understood that this man was a liar and a con man, uh, did we resist having America fall into uh, far, far worse constraints? Well, we'll see whether or not we fall into far, far worse constraints. Um, We still have several days uh, until the election. So the The, next time that we talk. The key key hour is nine o'clock, right? Because in, I remember with Hillary at eight o'clock, at seven o'clock, she was doing good. At eight o'clock, she was solid. And around nine o'clock, I was like, okay, now we're going to like, and then, and it never, it never pumped after nine o'clock. And I was like, hmm, it's right. And nine o'clock was when the Javits Center energy started to really, really fade. I remember Crystal Ball was was at the Javits Center. We were texting back and forth. And I'm like, it's like 945. And I'm like, what's going on? How come we haven't won any states in a while? And she's like, in like an hour and a half. And she's like, the energy here is deathly. <laughs> like, I'm dying. And 10 o'clock came and it didn't get any better. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? If we need the nine o'clock hour to come through like we expect and start seeing, you know, the states that we want and need to come through, we'll be good. I think it's going to be a good night. I'm going to be on the edge of my motherfucking seat like I'm in a Jordan Peele movie. But I think it's going to be fun. Look, your 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 optimism is is you know I want to say it's contagious. It's something. So I I hope <laughs> you know I'll just keep all fingers and toes and eyes crossed that you are not wrong. But oh. you know, America, everyone, prepare yourselves. Prepare yourself. Thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre, and I'm Danielle Moody, and. We, we, and I mean this more than at any time we have ever done this show, we will be back next week. <laughs> if, if, folks, if there is if, a country There's left. still a country. I mean, like, if Biden wins, there will still be a country. If Trump is trying to steal it, <laughs> I, I can't even call it. Is it still America? I don't no. know. No, it won't be. So it'll be Trumpistan. Pray about it. Pray about it. Peace.